We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you beautiful people and my wonderful radio friends. So happy to be connecting with you here today on Empower Radio. I have a question for you. Are you sometimes challenged in your relationships? I know I certainly have been, and so have all of my family, friends, and clients. I really believe relationships can be the biggest opportunity we have for growth, healing, and transformation. But while we're in the throes of our pain and struggles with other people, it's so hard to see and believe we have the power to make the changes needed to make the relationship better and make ourselves better in the process. Well, recently I found a book that gives dozens of simple tips that can improve all of our relationships instantly. And today we have the great fortune of spending time with author, psychotherapist, and relationship expert, Christina Steinnorth. Christina's sage advice and wonderful wisdom has been featured on radio and in print, including publications such as the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Woman's Day, Cosmopolitan, and the Chicago Tribune, as well as many, many others. Her new book is called Cue Cards for Life, Thoughtful Tips for Better Relationships. And can't we all use some of that? So, Christina, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. Thank you for having me here today. I love your book. It was such an easy, fun read, but such deep and powerful wisdom. Can you tell me why you wrote it? Well, you know, Tammy, I I wrote the book because I've been doing therapy in private practice for many years now. And what I noticed was there was a certain pattern that would bring people to sit on my therapy couch. And I also know for a fact that many people don't seek counseling for a variety of reasons. Either they're uncomfortable talking with a stranger, uh, perhaps, you know, the financial concern is an issue, or, you know, they're just not really into it. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could just take some very common problems that all of us will encounter at one point in life or another and put them all in a book so those people who don't want to go to counseling or even people who have been in counseling, they just need a little refresher. They can grab my book and flip through it and find what they need. Yes, and I I love how you've got these little pull-out nuggets of wisdom and you can just like flip through real quickly and just like get something really powerful instantly. So you say the key to improving all our relationships is a basic set of relationship skills. And it's sort of the solid foundation we need for all of our interactions. I'm very interested in knowing some of these basic cue cards. Well, some of the basic cue cards, you know, in order to really connect with somebody and know where they're at and to have a good relationship, you have to listen to them. And it's amazing how many people, I'm sure you've seen this too, they will talk with each other, but the other one's like checked out. Mm-hmm. They're looking at their phone, they're paying attention to something else, they're not really engaged in the conversation. And so to, to, be, to have a good relationship, you really have to pay attention to your partner when they're talking with you and also to little, little things in their behavior that will kind of give you a better gauge of what's going on. So, you know, be present with them. Don't be off in, you know, your phone, your TV. Have time together at least 15 minutes a day just to keep your relationship grounded. I think that's really wise advice. And, you know, before I went 
and studied, you know, um, psychology and becoming a therapist myself, I had no idea how to really sit in my presence with another and listen without thinking about what I was going to say, interrupting and making it about me. I had no idea that that listening is it's, it's a it can be a learned or acquired skill. And it's so powerful. It is powerful. A lot of people think, you know, there's nothing to listening, but there, there is, especially today. It, it's very difficult to do because we have 10,000 distractions 24 hours a day. You know, you, the TV's always on, the radio on. A- again, the smartphones, you may be paying attention to your families. Um, you're distracted with work. But it, it, it will behoove your relationship to have uninterrupted time every day. And if you don't have this time, try to make up for it the following day because you, you need to connect with each other or eventually your relationship will drift apart. And that, that's what happens. And people will wake up, you know, six months, a year, two years from now and say, hey, I don't feel connected to my partner anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's why. That's so, so true. I have a lot of couples come to me for the same reason. Now, a couple things you say on page 12 and 13, love this stuff. Let other people speak without interrupting them or finishing their sentences. That's a big one. It is a big one. I think that when we're in longer-term relationships, we start to feel like, well, I know what my partner's thinking. So we'll tend to jump in and we'll finish their sentence or we'll interrupt them. We won't let them express themselves fully. And what I tell people when they have this habit of doing this is, you know, some people are very easily shut down. And if you do that over time, you, you really run the risk of your partner completely shutting down from you. And also, the more imminent uh, fact is that when you jump to conclusions, when you finish somebody's sentences, you don't know if that's exactly what they were going to say. I, I, I can tell you many experiences I've had where people have jumped in and they've tried to finish what I have to say, and it really had nothing to do with what I was thinking. Mm. I've had this experience with my own husband and I would finish his sentences and he would say, you know what, that was what I was going to say, but I need to have the words come out of my own mouth. You process things more quickly. I need to be able to say my own words. And I was like, wow, yeah, you know, I need to pull it back even a little bit more. You're uh, right. And that's, that's a very good point because people do need to say what they need to say. They'll repress it. You don't know if they don't get a chance to express themselves fully, if they'll build up resentment toward you. And again, just pull back. And that that will be the death of your relationship eventually. Mm. And then the other one you say that I think is so awesome, view each person as the expert of their own emotions. Don't second guess what they tell you. You know, I've done that. I've done that in the past where it's like, no, 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 that's not what you think. That's not what you feel. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or you could say, is there more? Can you tell me more about that? And let people come up with their own um, wisdom because we all have it if we're given the space to explore it, don't you think? Absolutely. We all have our own wisdom and we are capable of collecting our own thoughts and expressing them. And we're entitled to those thoughts. When we tell people that's not what you mean, that's not how you feel, you're you're telling them that they're not reading themselves correctly, first of all, Mm -hmm. and you're telling them that their opinion isn't valid. You know, when you tell somebody, oh, you don't really mean it or you're overreacting, you're really kind of, you're discrediting what they're telling you. And again, it's just another way to shut somebody down over time. You say that enough and the person's going to say, well, whatever I say, you're not going to believe me. Yes, or you that's think a very I'm good overreacting. Point. 
and you know the conversation won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 again, it puts up, I think, walls between us and the people we're probably wanting to connect with. I think that's so so accurate. So now, Christina, do you have any um, tips or cue cards for people that you know get into arguments or disagreements with? either their romantic partners or others. Is there a particular way we can navigate through that more effectively? There is. There's there's a few tips for that. Uh, The first one is to stay on topic. You know, we've heard this before, but we tend to forget when we get in the heat of the moment. When we're in the heat of the moment and we're very, very angry, we'll pull things from the past and we'll say, well, what about when you did this? Well, what about when you did that? And then your argument devolves and nothing gets solved. So if you can stay on topic, you will process your arguments much faster. And also, too, I, I think that when we get into arguments, we get into this thing that there has to be a right or wrong. And if you can move yourself away from that and try to seek compromise, you're both going to end up happier. And that's not just in your love relationships. That's in, and you know, think about your business relationships. You know, there Many times in business relationships, you can't find a right or wrong. You need to find a compromise. Mm-hmm. Do that in all your arguments, and you, you will both leave, and you'll like each other much more. You'll be on much better terms. I love that. And I think something else that's been helpful is it's okay to disagree. It's like, tell me more about your perspective. Well, that's interesting. That's not how I perceive it. It's like not trying to win. You know, that's been a big thing, to just to surrender, trying to be the winner or the one with the power. Wow, that's been that's been interesting. <laughs> of course, you know you can learn so much. You may not be even what the other person is thinking. You, it may not even have occurred to you, but if you just listen to it, it may make sense. And who knows? You may come around to the other person. It's important not to get up, get caught up in winning the argument and just one upping each other and just ramping it up. Solve the issue. Stick to the issue. And also, too, don't get into name calling and character mm-hmm. assassination. That, that doesn't do anything, and you know, it'll just make every argument you have afterward that much worse, because that person will hold on to the, everything that you said. That's true. I think it probably chips away at the foundation. Of course. You, know, you don't want to do that. I mean, you, there are probably re- more respectful ways of having disagreements than the low blows or bringing up other things or saying you always or you never. Or those are, that, that can be very destructive over a long term, can it? Absolutely, because, again, you're telling the person that no matter what you do, I have this belief system about you, and nothing you can tell me will change that. And that, you know, we have to put ourselves in the other person's position. Would we want to be talked to that way? Would we want to be perceived as we always need to be right? Would we want the other person to perceive us as never being willing to change, capable of change? Put yourself in the other... If you were arguing with yourself, you'd be a lot easier on yourself. Mm. And that's what we need to do with the other people we have disagreements with. You know, seek a mutual compromise, be respectful, and stay to the point. Yes. Love all of that. I think that's so good. I, I also love how you suggest being generous with, with compliments, saying kind things, and acting loving even when you're not feeling loving. I think that can really nurture a relationship. I think that's so wonderful. You know, so many times people are quick to point out what's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I have a friend uh, who is, who's been in a relationship with this man, and all he does is he, he points out what's wrong with her. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, Christina, if he would just tell me what's right with me, I, I would feel so much closer to him. And mm-hmm. I said, well, have you told him that? 
And she says, well, yeah. And he tells me that, well, I compliment you all the time. But all she hears is the criticism. And I've watched them together. Mm-hmm. And I don't hear a lot of compliments coming out of his mouth. And, you know, it's just, that's another distancing thing in relationships. And, you know, that leads to the next point, which is my favorite cue card from the book, is act loving even when you don't feel like it. Yes. And, you know, I completely understand that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's completely impossible to act lovey-dovey. I'm not saying that you need to, like, you know, bring flowers and go out to romantic dinners. I'm just, just be kind to each other. If you don't have anything to say, kind of rub the person's shoulders and just let them know that you, you, you like them, that you love them in nonverbal ways, just through your actions. And the reason why is because people will always remember how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so true. Mm-hmm. It is true. I think that's fantastic advice. You know, what can you do to respect and appreciate another? Because that is really, I think, what will nurture and sustain that heart connection. Well, you know, words, if you just say, if you treat each other like garbage day in, day out, and you say, I love you at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to really feel like your partner loves you. You make a good point, Christina. I think you make a very good point. So now what about, you know, this is really great advice for our partnerships and maybe even family, but what about our work relationships? Do you have different sets of cue cards for our work relationships, our bosses, coworkers? Is that something different? You know, there is a set of cue cards for workplace relationships, and probably the most important one is to not gossip. You know, if you want to speak of, like, timely, you know, like, newsworthy events and stuff like that, that's okay. You know, keep it surfacy and stuff. But when you start gossiping about other people, not only are you, you know, spreading rumors that probably aren't true, mm-hmm. you're hurting the other employees. Would you, and, again, I ask, would you like it if somebody gossiped about you? It can be very destructive to your career. Not only will your boss think that you have too much time on your hands, if you are promoted to a next level, they're going to think, wow, are they going to gossip about management? You know, who are they going to talk to? Mm. So it's, just, it's, it's a very detrimental thing. And another important thing to do in workplace relationships is to go there and do your job. <laughs> we seem to get away from this, you know, because we're so busy in our own lives and, wow, we've got to check email. That's not what our employer is paying us for. So it's really not a cool thing to ask for a raise or... You know, you'd like an advancement in your position if you're not really doing your job. When you do your job, your supervisor and the other people around you will notice. Yeah, I think that's that's so awesome. And and some of what I'm hearing you talk about is really just appropriate boundaries. You have to have appropriate boundaries. And I think that this is another thing that we've gotten away with, get, gotten away from with time. I think that Facebook and all social media, we kind of blur those boundaries and what I mean by that is people who are acquaintances on Facebook, sometimes people will start to see them as, well, these are my best friends. It's like, well, you don't really know this person that well. You know, you should still have some kind of boundary because you don't know if that person is going to know somebody that you work with. And, you know, if there's, not, if there's something that you don't want other people to know, be picky in who you share that with. Leave your personal life at home. Don't bring it to the office. It's... There's a time and a place for everything, so it's it's very important to maintain boundaries. Oh, yes, and discernment and boundaries. Those have been some big, big lessons in my life. <laughs> I think we good, all learn it. Advice. Yeah, it, we all learn it, and, 
you know, when we're younger, it's a, a matter of trial and error. But the thing is to learn from it. You know, learn who it's okay to share things with. Learn where it's appropriate to share things. Uh, share things. You certainly don't want to bring your arguments from home into the office. It's it's just not professional. You're so you're so right about that. It's it, I guess people start to feel like they can because they're there so much of the time, and it becomes uh, it becomes more than a job in some ways. But it it can be. I think uh, a boundary you don't want to cross if you want to sustain a, a long, uh, successful career. Exactly. You know, if you want to sustain a long, successful career, have steady employment, and, you know, eventually advance in your career. You don't want to have your arguments, say, you have with your husband, your girlfriend, uh, your babysitter. You don't want them, you know, God forbid, show up at your office and start arguing there. You'll be fired. Yeah. Keep it clean energetically. Keep it clean. It's, it's just all your boundaries, as much as possible, keep them clean. Yes. So, Christina, while, while I have you on the phone, I would love to hear from your perspective how we can more effectively communicate with, like, our kids. You know, uh, my husband has a, a couple teenage boys, and they, they seem to change from being young children to teenagers. And it's like they don't really talk. They don't really communicate. So do you have any suggestions or cue cards for dealing with with that? I do. I think that as parents, what we need to do is we need to make the transition too, that they aren't children anymore. They're not eight years old. So, you know, we can't talk to them like they are and expect them to respond They'll, they'll say, Mom, Dad, come on, you know, I'm growing up. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. So you, you, as parents, we need to start developing the same respect for them and their boundaries and their feelings as we would for any friends that we have. Of mm-hmm. course, I'm not saying that you should be friends. You know, you should be on friendly terms, of course, with your children, but you still need to be the parent. And it's walking that fine line of, okay, when can I exercise my authority? When is it appropriate to exercise my authority as a parent? How do I guide my child so that they have the best life possible? So it's kind of you loosen the reins a little bit. You're there when they need you, but stay in touch with them, and you will be able to get them to talk with you more if you have an ongoing relationship, a good relationship going into the teen years. Don't think that you you can just you know, be like a Disneyland dad for your, your kids, you know, when they're, ki- when they're young and expect that they're going to relate to you as they get older. They're not. You have to keep those lines of communication open. You know, mm-hmm. teach them when they're young how to talk with you, how to express their feelings, and let them know that you are interested in what's going on in their life. Yeah, I like that. And again, ask questions and listen. That's been a big, that's been a big deal. You know, to be really present and ask ask them and let them share with you whatever they want to share about what they're feeling. It's 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 an interesting process. These little beings have their own realities. You will learn a lot when you listen to your child's opinion. You mm-hmm. can learn who they're in, being influenced by, who they're listening to, what they're into, and all of these types of things help us parent better. You can't parent your child if you don't know what's going on in your child's life. That's very true. You make another good point. You have a lot of them. So something I've found to be challenging as well is um, when somebody's dealing with like a significant loss or grief, like they've lost an, an animal or a pet or a person, how do you suggest we deal with that? Because that can be very tenuous. It can be very tenuous, and I have a few cue cards for that. The first one is when you're going to meet with somebody, you're going to talk with somebody who, who's grieving, 
realize that there is no right way to grieve. It's a very individual thing. You know, some people will want to talk about it. Other people will not. And other people may seem very grief-stricken, while other people may just seem kind of quiet. However they're grieving, let them do it their way. Don't say that, okay, I think you should go to a support group. I think you need to read this book. You know, ask the person what they need. Say, I know that you have this great loss, and I'm very sorry. Is there anything that you need? Is there any way that I can help you? Let them tell you what they need. And That's good. Thing, so, yeah, don't, don't give advice is what I'm hearing is, is part of what you're saying here. Yeah, don't give advice and don't dictate to them how they're supposed to be doing it. Leave it up to the mm. individual. Another important thing, too, and you see it a lot, is when people have a loss, everybody will kind of gather and start telling, you, telling that person about their losses. Ah, uh, yes, I've seen that a lot. You know, here's another good example of boundaries. You know, when the person is grieving, they have a lot on their plate. Don't, don't put them in the position where they need to take care of you. You know, and I, I'm not saying that every grieving person feels that way, but many people do. They'll say, you know, I just want to sit with my own sadness. And when you start telling me, they're thinking, you know, when you start telling me about my, your losses, it makes me feel like I need to take care of you. Let this person be selfish. Let them have their moment. Of course, grieving is not selfish, but, you know, it, let, them, let it just be about them, what they need. Don't start putting your own stuff onto them. Yeah, I think that's so significant. I think, you know, a lot of times we believe that when we share our situation with somebody else, that that somehow creates relatedness, but it, it does the opposite. Well, you know, so. people, I do believe that everybody who does share in that kind of, of realm, I, I do believe that they have good intentions. But again, put yourself in the other person's perspective. If you were grieving, would you really want to hear somebody else's losses? I know I wouldn't. Right. It makes it about you instead of them. So what I hear you saying again, Christina, is that wonderful thing we started this show out with is just staying in your presence and your heart, you know, and listening and just, just being energetically with another. And it's okay not to have a lot of words sometimes. It's completely okay not to have a lot of words sometimes. I mean, it's interesting to me how many people can have so many words to say to each other, but really nothing is heard, nothing is felt, nothing is resolved, nothing progresses. We get so busy talking, we stop listening, and we, we lose the moment. Yeah, that's very true. So, yeah, just bring that quality of heart and presence, and you don't have to do it with filling up the air with a bunch of sentences and words. You can just really do it energetically, and I think people feel that, don't you? Absolutely, and, you know, another thing that I tell all the couples I work with, you know, you don't necessarily have to talk with one another to connect. You can do things together. When you share activities, that's also very bonding. Touch each other. You know, go go do go for a walk, go for a bike ride, things like that. You know, you're still being present with each other and you're enjoying each other's company without saying a word. Mm, I like that. Well, I'm so bummed we only have a couple of minutes left here. I'm just so enjoying you and I'm hoping to get you back on the show in a couple of weeks because I think you just have so much great wisdom. I think people will really benefit from getting your book and just from uh, listening to you. So, Christina, say somebody wants to get this amazing book, Cue Cards for Life, Thoughtful Tips for Better Relationships. How can they go about finding you and getting a copy of this? You can find me uh, on my website at www.christinasteinnorth 
S-T-E-I-N-O-R-T-H.com. And you can get my book at, on my website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and you can even get it at Walmart. <laughs> You're big time. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty cool. That is cool. Well, I love the quote on the front. It says, isn't it time to bring grace, consideration, thoughtfulness back into our family and social relationships? Here are some great ideas. And they really, really are simple, effective, powerful tools that I think can really bring a lot of heart and soul connection and nurturing respect into all of our relationships. So I... I think I know this stuff, but I got a lot of value from it, enjoyed it thoroughly, and and I just enjoy you thoroughly. I think you've just got some really wonderful insights that I think could help anybody if they're open to it. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed writing the book. I enjoyed being on your show. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm excited, and I know I'm going to get you back on here to talk about money and relationships. That's a big deal, isn't it? That's a huge deal, and I can help all of you with that. Yeah, so I'm excited about having you back again and have that very important conversation. And to my listeners, I'm just so grateful that you took some time out of your day to hang out with Christina and myself. I'm just so honored to be able to just connect with you in this way. And if you have any thoughts, questions, ideas, suggestions, I would love, love, love to hear from you. You can go to my website, TammyBPhD.com. That's spelled with an I. T-A-M-M-I-B-P-H-D.com. Ask a question. Um, download my free guided meditation. Um, just would love to connect with you in any way that supports you. And I just want to thank Brett Carey. This incredible forum, Empower Radio, is just, it's the best to be able to have these conversations with like-minded people and just bring more thoughtful, graceful, amazing, powerful conversations into the world. So honored. And Nate, You're just the rock star producer that I just love to connect with. So thank you for being here with me. So take care of yourself, people. Center your awareness in your heart. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.